Good evening, Patriots, again. There you go, January 10th. And it hasn't changed since we had our last show. And our last show just finished. <laughs> that was a long show. That was a good one. I hope you enjoyed that. That was a really good interview with Dr. David Martin. And we're going to dig into some some things that kind of came from that for me from that show in just a moment. Before we begin, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. It's the home of the Bard's branded coffee, powerful coffee designed for the warrior of this day to give you mental focus and clarity all day long, elevate your serotonin level, sets the foundation for a whole group of health products. It's a health ecosystem to help reclaim the sovereignty of your health. You can find all those products at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So it begins with the coffee, the Expedition Coffee. You can add the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut, helps prevent leaky gut syndrome, which is one of the biggest causes of our health maladies. Immune XP, which is a pinecone-based extract, high in vitamin C. And we have Pure 47, which is one of the most refined nano-silver extracts on the market. It can isolate all the pathogens in your body, including all the SARS-CoV nonsense. And, of course, Earth, which is the full-body nutrient supplement in a powder, mix that with a bit of water and drink that once a day. It's all your body needs. So again, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com for the products that will literally give you your health sovereignty back, keep you away from the biomedical hell that they're trying to get people in. TheFoundersBible.com, TheFoundersBible.com. Use your Bards code B-A-R-D-S to get 20% off on those Bibles. It is literally the Bible of our time, printed in the USA. It's an amazing Bible, has the founder's documents worked in, and it's a a testimony both to the Word of God and a fantastic translation, plus how Scripture was a living language for our founding fathers. So again, thefoundersbible.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Use it in the coupon section at checkout for 20% off. And mypillow.com, mypillow.com forward slash bards is the landing page for bards nation it's a company will continue to support mike lindell is a patriot he's got christ in his heart and he fights for liberty he has spent literally tens of millions of dollars trying to secure election integrity great line of products in his company hundreds of products in fact feature specials on the bards landing page which is mypillow.com forward slash bards include 40% off on my slippers, buy one, get one free Giza sheets. They're incredibly comfortable, by the way. Amazing. And three piece towel or six piece towel set for $39.99. Another great towel set. I've had, I use all these. They're fantastic products and many, many more. You can use your bards code B A R D S for those savings. And you can use that same code anywhere on the, my speech, my Frank speech site, my store site or my pillow site. So again, mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. I want to um, reflect on something here. It's we get to these times like this, and in the previous interview with Dr. Martin, he mentioned something I think is really important. And it's the perspective of this new age nonsense, this new age movement which is about this ascension and escaping earth. And they're all kind of pleading for that. And I can tell you where you can find it, by the way. It's in Meta. If you would join Meta, you'll get all the escaping you want and you'll be able to leave this world as you know it and you'll never come back either. Get the injection in Meta 
and you're on the right track to transhumanism and you'll never come back. But there's a really important perspective here that has infected our faith. And I, I'm going to be very blunt tonight, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> well, why not? It, Dr. Martin pressed people a little bit, and I'm going to probably step on some toes tonight. But I'm not going to make apologies for this because it's a apathy that has creeped into the whole Christian faith. And it's done so through a very interesting perspective. There is a lot of establishment of waiting when you talk about, and I've told you before, I grew up in a town that was consumed with the revelationist concept, that the world is going to end and that Christ is coming and we must be saved. So you must do that right away. But here's the consequence of that. And, and first of all, because I always get this when I do this, do you not believe in the tribulation? Do you not believe in revelation? Look, of course, it's in the Bible, but I'm not going to be here, and I've said this so many times, I'm not one that sits up here and starts talking about time. Time is our perspective, not God's perspective. And anyway, if you're going to start forecasting time, start dictating when it's going to happen like a lot of a lot of these crazies out here, you're just violating the very principle of being a false prophet because you're not going to be right. You might be right. You might get lucky. You might throw the dice once and get lucky. But if you if you speak the word of what God's going to do and you're wrong, it's very clear in Scripture you're going to, the penalty is death. But here's the other problem that comes with that perspective. When things get tough, and they are tough right now, what people start doing is, well, I can't wait till Christ comes. I can't wait till I'm, I'm taken to heaven. And, and all we're doing is we're advocating our responsibility and not doing what we're intended to do. Christ didn't come here to run away. Christ came to this world to be here and to engage and to transform. And that's fundamental to me in everything I do because to me, Christ is the greatest warrior that's ever been. And he lived that walk. And I really, it drives me out of my mind. Well, not quite, because if that was the case, I would have been vaxxed and tied into the 5G net and already inside Meta. So I'm not there, thank goodness. But it, it really, it does irritate me a great deal to see people so willfully give up. But they don't call it giving up. They'll say things like, well, I just can't wait for the rapture. I can't wait for tribulation. I can't wait. I and mean, I can go on a list of things. I don't see anywhere in there in Scripture it says sit on your butt and wait for Christ to come. And I, and I don't see anywhere in there the Father says, uh, don't worry about it, kids. We got you. And you just don't do anything. And don't worry about it. So I think that point that Dr. Martin made at the we don't say it enough, and he pointed it out. I, you know, we've talked about it here before, but it's a, one I want to highlight. Is that point that this ascension garbage, whether it's Deepak Chopra or whether it's the New Age movement or whoever, it's all about running away. And really, if you look at it, a lot of this is happening across our country. You see this attitude. You see these migrations, for example, out of California, or you see the migrations out of, this, out of New York. And what are people doing? They're fleeing from the problem that they help create. And by helping create, so, and you'll get this, I didn't, I didn't vote for him. I don't care. What did you do to make sure it didn't happen? 
What was your duty to make sure it didn't happen instead of packing up bags and fleeing and leaving it because I can't deal with it. It's, it's mess. Well, you helped it come to be. And most of the time when you find the people fleeing, they're not, they are fleeing with the benefits that they took from that state. Maybe it was a big job. Maybe it was a house that they sold for a lot of money. And there's been a lot of that in recent times. Now, I'm not talking about job transfers, new opportunities and work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about the people who are like, I got to get out of here. I'm running. And that is indicative of this me generation. The me part of it says, I will run. I will take care of me. I'm going to read you something here. I think it's very apropos. Um, this is... It was, was actually on Twitter by Alexander. He goes by Alexander Roberto. His uh, Twitter name is Alex, A-L-E-X-R Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, Alex or Nicholas, Nicholas. And this is what he writes. It's very to the point. You want this to end? Stop complaining. Never put on a mask again. Never comply ever again. Deal with the confrontation of individuals who choose to be slaves. Being a coward is not helping your situation or the children who need our help. It's right to the point. And fleeing, by the way, is being a coward. I know that's going to grate on some people wrong. It's like, I had to get out of the state. I didn't have any choice. Look, I, I am going to be blunt because I know too many people that have held the line in places like California. And I know others that are running. Jobs are one thing, okay? But when you're making a conscious choice just to leave the state because it's getting too bad, it, look, the state is there because people, the state, of, the state of being of the state is there because a whole bunch of people came in and they took for themselves and they lived in that glorious life of taking for themselves. And eventually you have to pay the piper. People keep running. There's no other place to run. I'm telling you, this thing is everywhere. And if people don't start making a stand, I don't know where you're going to run. You can hope you can swim and tread water, and then they'll probably still sweep you up with a big net. So the cowardly acts that we do, to me, ultimately pivot back to our faith. And it's where we have to dis discern and decide where we're going to walk. Christ was fearless in his walk in this world. And that was as he told us, which is, I think, so important to remember, is very clear that truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father, John 14, 12. We have to start really embracing that and living that. And that's not just to say if we're doing it, great, but it means modeling it to get others to do the same. We're in a real crisis right now, and it's not going to get any easier. The noose is tightening, and it's tightening in part because many, many people are defying. So they're going to squeeze harder. These people aren't going away. As you heard from Dr. Martin, this plan to depopulate the world 
with their early on eugenics programs or experiments on how to cull out populations. The decisions to use medicine and vaccines, a science that isn't even proven to this day. And that's the other mind bender is so many people are like, I'm not against the vax. I'm against the vax. Just so I'm clear, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm absolutely 1,000 against anything putting into my body, period, that's man-made. Done. No more stories. Okay? I'm against all of them. And I'm not afraid to say it. And it's like too many people are just afraid to say it. But this plan was incubated, according to Dr. Martin, and I will tell you, it's parallels a lot of my own research. I'm, I don't have the exact date the same as his, but it's right in that area, and I'm, I'm going to go with his date, 1914. 1914 is when all of this was incubated to make the determination that they were going to cull down humanity. So what do you say to that? You think it's going to go away quick? Because it's not. This thing isn't going to pass over. You're hearing this, these tremors right now like, oh, doctors are saying that with the Omicron variant, it's all going to pass over and soon COVID will be over. Well, right, and then you start hearing them start talking about, well, uh, there's this new Ebola thing coming out of China. Look, folks, there's never going to go away. If you looked at the U.S. Army's commercial recently, I think it goes back about last summer, when they were advertising the future of the U.S. Army, the critical component to that, besides the transgender garbage that was in it, is that they were fighting a, a war of bioweapons. That was going to be their future horizon. They are completely co-opted. Get that clear. And the problem that has happened, and it's I've hit on this a lot, you know, is just these various segments of worship of waiting. Revelation becomes a worship of waiting, of passivity is what it becomes. It's and and I know that doesn't set well with people, but I'm sorry. I've seen it too much because once you accept it and they're like, well, I'm just gonna uh, they're I have to just prepare myself because it, the rapture or the end of times is coming. Well, you know what? I've told you before, if I got a call right now on my phone from God and he said, Scott, yes, Father, Christ is going to be there in an hour, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be busy for 59 minutes and 50 seconds, but I'll make it because I have work to do, work for the Father. Not work to say, oh, good, well, okay, thanks, thanks, Dad. I'm going to get my hair done. i got to get my shoes on. i got to get my, you know what? I will meet him as I am. Christ will meet me as I am. Even if that means I'm in my pajamas or in my work, workout shorts, that's how he's going to meet me. And that's a critical piece to understand. We have work to do all the time. I might wear my, my slippers, though just so I can do it, because they're comfy. They're pretty comfy. That is, that work never stops. And the problem when we get into these worships, whether it's the worship of Q, which is a powerful one, if you really look at the architecture of that program and you look at the worship of Q, it models this sort of ascension idea of elevating up and leaving this world. We're going to show you a great new way with all new technologies. That's actually part of Q somewhere in there. I don't, don't ask me what post it is because I don't remember. 
And yes, oh, just so I can say for the Q ones out there, I have read every Q post, and I've read them multiple times. So yes, I'm pretty clear on Q. All right. No, I don't worship Q. Never did, never will. So we're clear. But when you get to the worship of Q, and it's this idea that the White Hats or the Patriots, uh, the military, they're all, someone's going to save us. Nowhere in our history has that ever been architected in the design of this country. I mean, if you go back and you look at the Declaration of Independence, which is kind of a nice document, by the way. I don't know if you've taken a look at that recently. I'm going to see if I can pull it up here real quick because I didn't have it ready tonight. But uh, just give me a second. Um, but anyway, the, the Declaration of, of Independence in, is right there. There's nowhere in that document that it says the military will save you. It begins, as we've talked about many times, important first line in the second paragraph, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with, un, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So right from the very beginning of the second paragraph, God is on the throne above us. But what's important is this part down here, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. It doesn't say it is their responsibility to sit on their butt and wait for Q patriots to save them. And it doesn't say if if they the object of advice is designed to reduce them under such absolute despotism, they must fall on their knees and pray and just wait it out until Christ comes. It doesn't say that. It says our duty. And when you really, really get into that, and I mean, that is absolutely where we should be in our faith as well. We are occupying the land and expanding the kingdom. We aren't occupying the land and sharing it with evil. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bad Guy. I'm sorry, Lucifer. What did you want? Oh, you want, oh, 90% of the garden. Sure, I'll annex that over to you. I'm sure God won't mind. That is not our job. I mean, could you imagine literally like having this conversation with God? Um, son, how's it going? Oh, hey, Dad, what's up? What's up, uh, son? Yes. Um, how, how are you doing down there? Oh, well, um, we're doing okay. Well, we kind of gave away a few acres. You gave away what? Uh, gave away a few acres. Like how many? Uh, like most of the country. Uh, and I gave that to you and you gave it away. Did you, what else did you do? Uh, a bunch of people gave away their rights. Oh, and like everything. Yeah. Everything you gave us. That, uh, you know, that thing about the unalienable rights thing? Well, yeah, they kind of gave that away too. The life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's all gone. And um, what are you going to do about it? Well, we've been sitting here on our butt waiting for Jesus to return. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I could not even imagine that conversation. Well, I did. I just did it, actually. But I mean, could you seriously, that's basically what ends up happening. It's like, yeah, we gave away everything you gave us. Don't. It's no big deal. And, yep, a whole bunch of people are going to slaughter. And we're going to sit here and twiddle our thumbs, and we're going to wait for Jesus to return. Uh-uh. We're a warrior class. And I think that's what gets missed most. And I don't know of... I really don't know too many people and that can get past or have gotten past this duplicity that happens in the churches, which tells you to sit on your duff and be, you know, be guilty and then go out and says, do something in the world. I like, no, we're not doing that. At least not in Bard's nation. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not doing that. It's like the power of God in the walk with Christ is intimate and powerful I like the, the intimacy means also powerful. And in that walk with Christ, the glory of that walk is that we are transforming, we are securing the land and expanding the kingdom. Not selling Girl Scout cookies at the local fairgrounds that are lemon flavored that nobody wants and you've got 16 cases behind you and you're just twiddling your thumbs going, well, I don't know what to do. Those lemon cookies, too, man, they wear you out. We had a whole bunch of them in Afghanistan. You just get to the point where you can't even eat Girl Scout cookies anymore. And I don't. I won't anyway because Girl Scout cookies are like, I think they're all mixed gender now anyway, aren't they? That's another thing. Boy Scouts, which are scouts now. Well, I'll get down that rabbit hole and won't go. Oh, my goodness. But it does take a backbone, and it, this fight is going to take everything we have. And regardless of what disputes or discussions happen about our founding fathers, the document of the Declaration of Independence is a keystone in what we are or should be as a nation, which is it is we the people's nation. It's not these tyrants. And they all think it's a game, and they're enjoying the game immensely. They're pulling the strings. They're pulling this or that. They're watching watching everybody run around. They enjoy watching people give up. And they enjoy watching people collapse in fear. And that's what they count on. I don't have a pathway ahead. But what I do know is if we do not stand strong as a people and we don't stand up to this tyranny when it comes at your door, in whatever form that looks like. We aren't going to make this through easily, or at least not very many are. This thing could end so fast, and it literally could. Just, It's a combination of that intense worship of the Lord and a combination of the strength that Christ has shown us. If you just say no. Do you imagine... Literally, so let's just give them some odds that I don't think they have, but let's just say they've got about 20 million of them infiltrated around this country as cancer agents. They're all cancer anyway. There's still 310 million people in this country that can defy. Now, I don't know about your math, but I sure know about my math, which was pre-Common Core, by the way, real math. When I do those numbers, 310 million to 20 million, 310 million usually wins. 
And we just have to believe that. And we have to literally take a stand to do just that. But it takes something very important. Ezekiel 36, 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's the living, breathing Christ within us. And that's literally where we gain our greatest strength. When we are literally, literally reaching to Father, letting Father guide us with his wisdom and building and letting that glorious warrior of Christ flow within our blood. We can't walk, and I, I'm going to use this beyond the scriptural discussion here, but we can't walk with that heart of stone. And that heart of stone to me is not as much about passion or compassion. It's more about righteousness. Because if, when we have a heart of stone, we're not allowing the flames of righteousness to flow within us. We're not allowing ourselves to awake and to bring forth the greatness that Christ has given us and put before us. Literally, Luke ten nineteen. behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. How can you do that with a heart of stone? And if we're not invoking that, if we're not relieving that, believing that and living into that, then literally we're putting a heart of stone upon ourselves. So much of our challenge right now is that we are not believing in what we are. We're believing in what they are telling us we are. And that's that zero one option, binary option in everything in life. You can vote for Republican or you can vote for Democrat. You can be good or you can be evil. How about this? I'm going to be one with Christ, and I'm not going to be any of those other things because I'm greater than that, and I'm above all of that. And the either-or is the trap. And if we can step away from their traps and start to see truly what's within us, the potential is unlimited. And it's somebody, it's, it's like this. And I'm going to tell a true story on this, and I just, and I want to, kind of highlight this and and please don't take this as me boasting because this is not it. I just want to give you a story from my own life. I remember when somebody very dear to me told me and I was about 40 years old, 39. And they said, you're too old to be a photographer. There's not enough time in your life for you to mature that skill. It's too late for you to make the career change. You can't do it. Those are the words. And I said to them, don't ever say can't to me. And that person is no longer, as a result of many things that followed, that person is no longer even in my life. Well, here's what ensued. I didn't listen to the can't. I had my moments of doubt, but I trusted and I put my faith forward in what God presented to me. And over the next year, I, st- I said, I-, I love photography too much. I was running a construction company. I had just finished doing a major timber framing school. I was starting on a whole new timber framing dimension of my, f- my construction company. 
I had been published in Better Homes and Gardens. I was part of a book of Better, Better Homes and Gardens. My work was getting known, being known nationally for what I was doing. I, I had been invited to go to Kyoto to study under one of the great masters of Japanese garden design. All of this is real. And I said, yeah, but that's not where my true passion feels. It, I, I want to be able to, to tell stories through photographs. So I just started. I went back to the darkroom. I didn't have, a money, didn't have money at that time to get a digital camera. They were very expensive at that point. And I went back and I started in my darkroom skills. And I would work all day and then I'd go at night and I'd go into the darkroom and I'd usually sleep about three hours a day. And I did this at months after months after month. And I linked up with somebody who was a Pulitzer Prize winner who had been a combat photographer, and that was when we had MySpace. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I, they, we started talking, and he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a combat photographer. He says, okay, I'll mentor you. That was somewhere around August of 2005. In December of 2005, I was accepted to go to Afghanistan as a documentary filmmaker and first embedded citizen journalist. Impossible odds that only God could create. And one year and six months later, I was awarded an Emmy for my, for best photography and nominated for a Peabody which was I was one of 1,200 in the nation nominated for a Peabody for my work. That's God. And that's also in a way of saying not letting yourself be limited. When we limit ourselves as they want to do, they're telling us you can't do this without a degree. You can't. Do, I didn't have a degree in photography. I didn't go to photography schools. I just picked up a camera and started shooting and following my heart. So if we're going to live in their world, we're going to believe their narratives. We're going to believe the binary options of all things. You can't do this unless you do that. This is the world we are currently in. And this is a lot of what Dr. Martin was talking about, which is the essence. And that essence being that you can choose to see the leaf as green. This was his example in the show. Or you can understand that what the leaf is showing you is an invitation to go see what's well beyond the green because green's not its color. It's the color it's reflecting out. Now, that's a philosophical position. The real is tangible. They're telling you you can't do something. You must obey or else. I say neither. I'm going to live my life. I'm walking with Christ. I don't fall under your rules. We're going to arrest you. Then that's as it is. Go ahead. But the deal is I'm walking my life with Christ. I'm trusting in God. And we're going to transform this world by having that courage. And the problem is we get hung up so much on the fears that they do such a good job of weaving because their consequences always carry a punitive aspect. This is how they control everybody. If you do not comply, these will be the consequences. If you do not pay your taxes, these will be the consequences. If you don't do this, and of course, they know very well that if 300 million people said, how about this, go pound sand, there's nothing they could do. They know that. 
But we don't believe that ourselves. That's the problem right there. That is the center point of all of this. And yet, what have we been told? Fear not. Fear not, fear not, fear not. How many times have we been told that? Fear not, fear not, fear not. And yet, we still fear. When we strip away, we start to strip away the the shells of what fear represents. Fear is always what they're doing in our head to to dominate and control the terrain of the mind. If we're really using scripture as our warfare, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, then we are literally putting on our armor and we are protecting ourselves in such a way that we cannot be damaged. We can't be harmed. And we've been told over and over again, I go back to Luke ten nineteen that we are given dominion over all evil. We are told that nothing will come and harm us. But we don't believe it because we continually get caught in the binary world that they're in. By the way, the binary world, if you start to realize what they've done, everything about our world was transformed into the binary options. Dr. Martin gave you a number of discussions about that tonight, and it's a very important principle to understand, right? If you buy a new car, you're representing yourself as successful and able to afford a new car. If you buy a used car, then obviously you don't, you're not as successful as the person has a new car. I mean, these are literally the binaries again. It doesn't say in there, I'm buying a used car because it's I like it better and because it's cheaper and I don't want to waste my money on a devalued new car and I want to steward what I'm given more. I don't want to be out here wasting my money. None of that discussion comes in. It's just an either or. It's in everything in our life. And so that's where, as he pointed out, take the time when you confront something and you think you understand it, to pause and look behind and see what it is. It's important to see that because as we start to realize that what we're literally doing is we're walking down a street metaphorically of the old Hollywood facades. They look like real buildings. They have windows. There's people in them. But if you go behind them, they're just fronts and there's just platforms in the back and there's nothing in them. They're hollow shells or worse. They're literally just face fronts of buildings. We have to realize that God intended us to experience the richness of the world. Not to be confined to the limitations of telling us that we can't do something. Nowhere in there have we ever been told in the Bible that we can't. In fact, we can have discussions with God to even challenge God. If you haven't had those, try them. I have. They don't always, I usually don't work out well. (laughs) But I've done it, just so I say it. In In true transparency, I don't usually win those arguments, just so I say that. But I, the door is open with God to have that discussion. And it isn't, is not a sense of where we have to be timid and meek. God extends us to be in this world. If we're looking at something and we're having this conversation, you heard Brad, Pastor Brad Cummings talk about this in one of the interviews I did recently where he said, like, you know, God says, I, I want you to forgive him. And he's like, 
uh, no, God, I, I want you to burn them. <laughs> God's like, uh, that's not on the menu today. That's not, you're, you need to forgive him. He's like, no. But you see, this is the point is that these intimate conversations, when we have that, we're really learning a lot about what God intends. Sometimes the intimate conversations we have are intended to grow us anyway. Who's being obedient and blindly saying yes, no is where we have come, even in the pews and these in these churches. Obedience, yes, musta, yes, musta. No. The relationship with God is intimate. It's a conversation that we're having. We're learning like a child with a father. And in that, in so doing, we're deconstructing this binary nonsense that lives in our world. Let's read Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that so you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, such a critical statement, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just we little OS, patriots, we little OS who are going to sit out here and we're going to, we're, our, we're literally, our struggle is against all these superpowers, loosely put, not Marvel comic stuff. All these immense powers of darkness and forces of the world and wickedness of heavenly places. That's profound. And how are we going to do that? Because if in that world we're immersed like literally like a chicken nugget in a bath of oil, we are getting, it is trying to sear us on all sides. Yet it says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. That envelope of God's armor that goes around us gives us that strength, and it gives us that wisdom, and it gives us that ability to stand and not to fall into the temptations, which are many. Stand firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth. Truth is the fundamental part of this entire fight. And where are we going to get truth? Because it's not coming from the headlines, whether it's Gateway Pundit or MSNBC, I need to tell you. And it's not going to get any better on Zero Hedge. Okay. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is part of, I'm going to take it a step further. You're putting on the breastplate of righteousness and we need to get rid of that stone heart and put a heart of flesh to let the fires of righteousness burn within us. My interpretation. Having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace because agape love is the most powerful weapon ever developed and we are out here to bridge peace and not go to war which is how they are constantly trying to keep us at each other they are constantly pitting us against each other in every possible way we can in addition to all taking up the shield of faith which will be able to extinguish the flaming darts and flaming arrows of the evil one that's a powerful that's that's our stance on that rock of faith. That's our trust in God, our, our relationship, intimate relationship with Christ Jesus. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We've talked about this so much. I mean, when we're engaging this enemy and when there's plenty of them around, we need to be proclaiming the word of God. And that is literally the sword of the spirit and part of our helmet of salvation. Isn't that amazing? We have all the tools to fight and win this. And so much about this in in this fight, in the context of what we've been talking about tonight, it's allowing us to see the world truly with eyes to see while war, war is being waged on our perceptions of reality, our perceptions of what is going to become of us, the paintings of futures that have not occurred, the dropping of ideas of what will happen to us if we don't comply, the consequences of disobedience to those that we have no obedience to, the ginning up of fear to cause you to buckle at the knees. All of that has to be cast aside. Every person has to develop that strength in the relationship with God, which is the spine ultimately for us to stand. And that comes through the intimate relationship with God and through Christ Jesus, where it's literally the conversations that we're having. And as you talk to your children or as they talk to you, those are the relationships we're having with God. And as we build that strength and that power within us, oh, they're going to try. They're going to continue to rattle the swords. And, and look, I, I'm not dissing people, but if you're going to listen to the fear mongers and you're going to listen to the, the tree is falling voices that are out here, and there's enough of them, you should be prepared to have the column of tanks being rolling down your, your neighborhood and, and using crossbows with injection needles attached to them and shooting everybody in the forehead with an injection. I mean, that's kind of the idea. And if you don't comply, they're going to throw you in big trucks and they're going to drag you away and stick you in camps and start beheading you. That's literally the picture that's being painted that they want you to have in your head because fear weakens you. Fear weakens your resolve. And fear melts that strength that we have within us. But when we light the true fires of righteousness, cast out the heart of stone, embrace Christ for that heart of flesh, and we put on that true armor of God, and we stand before them, they don't know what to do. And when you embrace truly that we are not of this world, they don't know what to do. Jeremiah 6.16, thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk in it. I've already made that juncture and I hope most of you have too. They can have that walk into their refusal to walk with God. But we're walking in this other path. And once we step into that and we're facing this enemy, and they're trying to, and they're expecting you to kowtow to them, and they do. They have no defense for the word of God and the strength that that gives us to stand up to them and say, no, not going to do it. Sorry, I do not comply. Again, we cannot comply to tyranny. That isn't just our right. 
it's our duty. And that's our duty that ultimately centers around and under the throne of God, which is truly who rules this nation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this blessed day of coming together to assemble, to reflect, to strengthen our will and to strengthen our resolve and to light those fires of righteousness within us, Lord. Lord, and it's such a time as this. We are pressured with the many different avenues that Satan uses to try to battle us in our thoughts and our minds, to consume us with the fears, to give us those options of compliance or punishment. Lord, we just pray for the clarity to cast that all aside, to disarm it. Let us see through it. Let us find those pathways that only you can show us. Open those doors that only you can open to show us that clear walk, Lord, that we can see that the the full range of potential before us, not the channeled ambushes that they constantly create in our mind. Lord, we know very well that this is an enemy that's desperate. This is an enemy that's trying to do all it can to seize the day, to capture, encapsulate your perfection, us, Lord, these temples into its trap. And we will not comply. We defy this until death because through death we have life. So, Lord, give us that strength never to bow, never to bend, never to waver, never to have a doubt of fear, any anxiety, nothing, simply to embrace that love and intimate relationship you gave us through Christ Jesus, to truly embrace all of what he is, to know him, to come to know him intimately, Lord, as through that to come to know you greater than we've ever imagined, a trust unabridged, and to be that force of change that brings the light to the world and destroys the darkness and this evil, which tries to consume all that you created. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I think we got this. Not it's going to be easy. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not in any way trying to say that. And, you know, if you literally pay attention to what they're doing, right at a critical time when people are awaking, awakening, they're starting to prep more, they're getting prepared for the shortages which are coming, and they are. And these people are constantly turning more fear. They're talking about going to do house-to-house roundups and all this stuff. They want to keep you constantly questioning. They want you like, I don't know if I should prep because if I don't, if I don't get food supplies, if I have them and they take me away, what's going What's going to become of my my house? Should I spend the money on that or not? Hold true to your path. Trust in the Lord. Ignore these trolls. Defy these trolls. And in the end, slay these trolls. With the power of righteousness and the sword of the Spirit. And bring them to their knees as they appropriately should be to be humbled before our our Lord and Savior and to understand the true force of the hand of God that to harm his children, to violate the innocent, to exploit those that cannot defend themselves, that's something we can never stand for, nor should we ever allow. And so have that strength to know Whatever it takes that as you stand there with Christ Jesus and you're walking in this path, that intimate relationship with God, they will not win. 
and we will not comply. Have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Our prayers, your prayers, our prayers collectively are building a force. A strength, a wall, a a resistance that they cannot deal with and it's driving them crazy. It has to get stronger though. And we will make it stronger, and we will make it stronger through our faith. That's where we know that God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But nowhere in there did it say this was going to be easy. It's going to be tough. And that's what we're made for. That's why we're here, because God knows that that's what we can endure. We can endure greater things than we know. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God has a plan for this. And part of that plan is us. Know that. Put that in your heart. Be so honored by the fact that God's trusting us in this time because we need to be that force. And in the end, God wins. But we're going to be right there with him. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground Oh I can see it now, I can see it now
space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 